The following is a production of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of UFBA Today. I'm your host, Show Ali. Thank you for listening and watching, rating, reviewing, subscribing, all that good stuff. Uh, in the last week, since we did our most recent episode of the show, it's funny to think there hasn't been that much movement in the world of basketball in the UFBA because it has been All-Star Weekend. That's right. We had the NHL All-Star Weekend what, a couple, about a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago at this rate, and then uh, just now the NBA All-Star Weekend. So I'll just say this. Uh, games resume tomorrow on Thursday. So whether you're watching this as a member of the UFBA, a fan, you want to get involved in the UFF sports platform, or you're just a fan of fantasy basketball in general, or just the NBA overall, I implore you to set your lineups starting tomorrow because you probably haven't had to do that for about a week. So Last Thursday were the last couple of games before the All-Star break. Tomorrow are the next batch of games. Uh, our guest today on the show, though, is Stefan Hoffman as we get back to kind of the going-ons around the UFBA. Stefan is the most recent owner within the league. Uh, recently, he purchased the Lost Coast Renegades from the former owner, Joseph Perez. So Joseph has decided to move on. He sold the team to Stefan. And uh, Stefan will join us to talk about kind of his plans for the team. I believe last I checked, we'll look at the standings later, but last I checked, the Renegades are 8-52. and 52. They, I believe they are either the worst team or the second worst team in the UFBA by record. So we'll talk to Stefan about his plans to revamp that team. They are armed with a bevy of draft picks. So we'll chat with, with him about that. And uh, a fun thing about Stefan, too, is he is also, much like I am the head of sport for basketball here on UFF, uh, Stefan is the head of sport for golf. He is the head of the UFGA, uh, the Golf Association, here on the UFF Sports Platform. So I was thinking we could pick his brain a little bit on how he plans to make golf, which is a sport, as we all know, which is about the individual, right? It's one person playing basically on a course by themselves, and they do play against other scores, but it's play players individually, right? I'm curious how he plans to make that more of a team sport with different like a stable of golfers and so on i think it's fascinating you have to be really creative to do something like that so stefan will join us a little later on uh to chat about all things golf and of course his plans for the renegades but on today's episode uh, we'll do a quick look around the league we'll talk about the standings uh we'll talk about the futures auction a little bit more i've gotten some questions on the open market and the dates and kind of how the open market works we'll talk about that but first i wanted to recap all-star weekend no fancy graphics here for that one uh, our our production team does a fantastic job, so I, but I thought I'd give them a little bit of a break with the graphics on this because there would be a million of them otherwise. I'll just say this. On All-Star Weekend, so they had the Rising Stars competition on the Friday, the skills competition, the three-point contest, the dunk, the dunk contest on the Saturday, and the actual All-Star game itself on the Sunday. Uh, the All-Star game itself, I watched about the last 15 minutes, I admit, because that's the part where the players actually play hard. Steph Curry won the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP award, which is pretty cool. Uh, so kudos to the sharpshooters. No retro points for uh, for Bryant. I know you mentioned that in the chat. No retro points. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, not, we're not counting the, the All-Star points, although Steph Curry, I'm sure, will help you very much this season. Uh, when it comes to the All-Star game, I admit I'm not the biggest fan of All-Star games, right? You look at the NHL competition. You look at the Pro Bowl, which I mean, I love football, but boy, the Pro Bowl is the worst. 
And, and then you look at the MLB All-Star game, which probably is the game the players play the hardest in, uh, again, outside of maybe the last like seven minutes of the NBA competition. But generally speaking, I think most people would agree. I don't think this is a hot take to say that the All-Star festivity is largely the fun, the most fun part of the weekends for all the various, at least in North America, the four major sports are the Saturday events, i.e. like the home run derby or the dunk contest or, well, in the NFL, there's like the quarterback the passing skills competition or like dodgeball or whatever. But I would say the dunk contest and the home run derby kind of reign supreme. Uh, this year, the dunk contest was a little lackluster. Uh, it kind of felt odd to see Obi Toppin win on like a kind of like a layup, right? It was, was kind of strange to think that a John Morant like 360 windmill dunk in the actual all-star competition itself was more compelling than any of the dunks we saw on the actual dunk contest on Saturday night. But there you go. It was just kind of funny because you saw the judges. It was Dominique Wilkins, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Dr. J, a couple other guys. But I mean, some of these guys are are getting a little up there in age and I couldn't help but think that it was past their bedtime. It was past my bedtime, so I can only imagine when these guys go to bed. But uh, hey, the dunk contest, generally speaking, it's I feel like it's been more of an exception than the rule than we get some really thrilling ones. Like again, not to sound like a giant homer, but the last time I think there was a very a super compelling dunk contest. It was that one with Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, which I believe was right here in the city of Toronto. So again, I know you guys are sick of hearing about how I'm from Toronto. We won't talk about this too much. I will say I do think Pascal Siakam got snubbed, although Jared Allen did make the all-star game, probably in large part, he's having a nice season, but probably in large part because the game is in Cleveland, right? If the game was literally anywhere else, I think next year it's in Utah, the game was literally anywhere else. I have a feeling that Pascal Siakam would be an all-star, but okay, there you go. That's my take on all-star weekend. It was generally speaking a nice rest for the players. I think the last thing from the weekend that really stood out to me was LeBron James. Of course, he made the game-winning shot at the all-star game in the house that he built in Cleveland. He played in for so many years. He was drafted there and so on, as we all know. It's just kind of funny to think that LeBron might leave the Lakers in a in a eerily similar way that he left the Cleveland or pardon me that he left the Miami Heat when he went to uh the Lakers in the first when he went back to Cleveland in the first place right so it's just kind of interesting to kind of see these parallels in LeBron's career he's under contract for the rest of the season the trade deadline obviously has passed and next season as well and it's important to remember he has long said that he wants to play for the same team his son LeBron James Jr will play for right Bronny Jr I don't think LeBron James Jr. is eligible, at least until the 2024 draft class. It's possible eligibility changes, uh, which is why you don't actually see Bronny Jr. when we did the futures auction. And you can go to the UFF Sports website. Uh, I think it's uffsports.com, and then you go to the News tab, and you'll be able to find the list of all the 120 prospects. And Bronny Jr. is not on that list just because I think the eligibility about he has to commit to a school and then play there for one year. So that might be that might change depending on if eligibility for LeBron James Jr. does change as well. But it's just fascinating to think that LeBron could kind of force his way out of Los Angeles. And it does kind of feel like all of the things he did at All-Star Weekend, and we know LeBron is probably the most media savvy athlete on the face of the planet. We know he is uh, he is very, very aware of what he does and what he says. But anyways, that's all for All-Star Weekend. You can see the futures auction graphic here. I mentioned where you can find the information on that uffsports.com news tab. You can also go to the uh, news feed on basketball.uffsports.com to find all of the sports 
uh, kind of like media releases, let's say, right, on for, for all the various things. And one of the most recent ones is, of course, for the Futures Auction. And again, 120 prospects will go out for auction on Saturday, March 12th at 3 p.m. Eastern. Had to check the time on the graphic there. But of course, the new information, as you can see here, the open market will be, uh, well, I guess open, will be <laughs> available for people to register prospects on Monday, March 14th, 2022, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. I made it a little later just because, uh, you know, we have a lot, of, uh, a lot of interest in the UFBA from overseas, right? We have some people who are in Italy, uh, we have some people who are in Australia as well. So just to make the time zones a little a, you know, teensy more equal, I made it a little later in the evening so more people could participate. Um, but again, 6 p.m. Eastern, the open market will be available for everyone. So the way it works is this. Uh, of the 120 prospects that are on that list that we put on the show last week, again, they're on the UFF Sports website, uh, you can bid on those 120 prospects. Once all of those 120 prospects are gone, if you are interested in anyone else, you have to wait until Monday, March 14th at that time, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then you can go on the on basketball.uffsports.com. Uh, you can register a player uh, as long as you're registered to be a scout. And the, the information is right at the top. It says, like, register to be a scout. Or you go to the drop-down menu, and there's a little button you can click. So it's all pretty straightforward. But once you are done all of that, you can register any player you want. Just to be clear, just because we're limiting things to the 2022 and 2023 NBA draft classes. It means that people who are born, just to make it a little easier, if the player was born in 2004 or before, so going backwards, they're eligible to be registered as a player. Uh, if they are born in 2005 or later, they are not eligible. It just makes my life a little easier. And I'm sure we'll do another futures auction probably at the end of I'm imagining the calendar year 2022 the college basketball season I believe starts in you know late October early November so right before the college basketball season starts we might do the I guess it would be the 2024 NBA draft class which is for people eligible born in 2005 and so on so we'll, we'll sort out the eligibility for the next futures auction a little later on but just to remember uh 2004 birth year and before will be players who are uh eligible to be purchased on the open market. So if you register someone who was born in 2005, I believe the system will let you do it, but we will be checking everyone. And uh, so just, just keep that in mind when you register players. Uh, I'll also say this, uh, birthdays are not easy to find for some of these guys, <laughs> okay? So I, I remember when I was trying to enter all the information for the 2022-23 draft class, 2022 is okay because a lot of the college players have their birthdays on the websites of their various uh, scholarly institutions, let's call them. But the kids who are in high school right now who have committed to colleges but have not yet actually gone out and, and played a game for their new college until the new season, uh, their birthdays are not readily available. Some of them are, but not all of them are. So just be careful when looking at people's birthdays because it is out there somewhere, but uh, you might have to creep people on Twitter as I did and so on. So just keep that in mind. But again, the open market opens on Monday, March 14th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, you know, let's take a look at the standings as well, real quick. Uh, the UFBA standings, of course, not a lot of movement, I'll say, throughout the entire UFBA, just because, of course, since we lasted the uh, lasted the episode, the Thursday was the last day of game. So since last Thursday, these standings haven't really changed. They're going to change starting tomorrow, of course. But it's just I'll just kind of stick with the top conferences here, the top teams in each conference, rather. In the Bird Conference, you can see here the Spitfire Aviators, 52 wins, 8 losses. 
Still five games ahead of the Majesty, the Ballers, the Sharpshooters, Arctic Wolves, and the Lucky 13 make up the top six. And of course, the teams in yellow, as you always remember, are the teams in the play-in spots. So seeds seven through 10 are the seeds that will be eligible for the play-in spot. And that has its own set of rules. And in the Magic Conference, uh, Skyhooks and Midnight Owls uh, finally separated by just one game. The Skyhooks, of course, uh, are one of the better teams in the NBA. And hey, they, Mooch and, the, and company probably very happy that uh, the Rising Stars competition featured, <laughs> I don't even know how many of their team at this point. I want to say, I don't know, like eight or nine guys from their team. Definitely guys like Josh Giddy and Kate Cunningham and Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes, who are probably going to be the faces of the NBA in the not-too-distant future. But uh, the Skyhooks with their rookie team at the very top of the Magic Conference at 55-5, and five, the Spitfire Aviators, Nick Lewis's team at the top of the Bird Conference at 52-8. and eight. Uh, I did want to get to some injury news as well, because it does kind of affect the Midnight Owls, right? So Tim Bontomp from the, I, I believe Tim writes for the Washington Post, or he's moved around a little bit, but either way, a very well-known name in the NBA circles. Tim posted right, I think, as we were going into the All-Star break, he posted this news, right? Chris Paul, right thumb avulsion fracture will be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. The regular season ends seven weeks from today so i believe he posted that on wednesday or thursday of last week uh of course in real life the suns are well equipped to survive a chris paul injury doesn't make their life easy by any means but i will say that the 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 injury for chris paul is is survivable because they have guys like deandre ayton and devin booker and so on right so i'm sure the suns will be fine i think last i checked they were either in the top spot in the west or the second spot in the west so maybe the warriors go on and take that but either way i think the suns are they're still going to make the playoffs even without Chris Paul for six to eight weeks. The real question is how it affects teams in the UFBA. The Midnight Owls are the team Gage and company with uh, Chris Paul. So now Gage just traded for Shea Gilgis Alexander, and they did say he would be reevaluated after the All Star break. So I wonder if if Gilgis Alexander is able to come back and you know kind of buoy that team until the playoffs. Because I would be honestly shocked at this point if the Midnight Owls miss the playoffs in the UFBA because they're so up there. They may not end up ca- being able to catch the Skyhooks at this point because they're one game back. They were tied with the Skyhooks for weeks and weeks and weeks, it felt like. But now the Midnight Owls lose Chris Paul to an injury, which um, is really unfortunate. So, hey, if the Midnight Owls make it to the playoffs, we know the playoff teams get to keep their players. So if Chris Paul is back to the playoffs, then you know all bets are off in the playoffs because they won't have to send him back into the pool. They get to keep him. So it's just another interesting wrinkle, although it, I, it does kind of make me think the Skyhooks will be able to maybe widen the gap even just a little bit. But hey, again, if Shea Gilgis-Alexander comes back and helps fill that gap that is Chris Paul, then maybe that trade, I said last week, it may not be the trade of the year. It might be now, especially if Shea ends up filling in for Chris Paul. It kind of reminds me of um, when the Rams traded for OBJ and then Robert Woods tore his ACL in practice like the very next day or two days later or something. And look, the Rams won the Super Bowl, right? Will this end up being the same kind of thing for the Midnight Owls and the Shea Gilders-Alexander situation, Chris Paul, it very well could be. But that's kind of one of the bigger injury stories in the NBA in the last couple of weeks. So I wanted to bring that to uh, everyone's attention as it pertains to the UFBA here on UFF Sports. Uh, let's get to our guest, Stefan Hoffman, head of golf for the UFF Sports platform. And of course, the newest owner of the UFBA for the Lost Coast Renegades. Stefan Hoffman joins me here on UFBA today. Stefan, how are you? Not too bad. How are you doing today, show? 
Good, man. I appreciate you joining me. Appreciate you spending some time with me here. Uh, nice to uh, see you in person. We text a lot, so it's nice to kind of see <laughs> yeah. you. I know, not not in person, I guess, but you know what I mean, digitally and so on. Um, but I, I wanted to get to some of the things with the uh, UFGA, the world of golf and so on with you. But of course, I wanted to bring you on to chat about the Renegades and your decision to make the the big purchase for this team. So I, I got to ask you, was it just getting the taste of being an owner in baseball is what drew you to the UFBA? I'm just I'm curious what drove the purchase of the Renegades in the end. Yeah, for, uh, there's a couple of factors on that. Um, I saw it as a great investment. Um, the team has a lot of uh, draft picks coming up. We have a few good young players on the team, a couple of good veterans still. So I think there's a lot of good building blocks in place uh, going forward for the next couple of years. Um, and also, yeah, once you uh, get involved on the platform, you kind of get hooked. Uh, having owning uh, part of a baseball team and getting the rush uh, going through that auction, uh, the prospect auction last week, and then just seeing what you can build um, a whole franchise on the on the blockchain and through the platform. It's quite exciting. So this was uh, kind of too good of an opportunity to pass up. And uh, yeah, one I'm looking forward to uh, seeing through for the next few years. Yeah, hey, well, look, Obi Toppin is uh, one of your players, and Obi just won the dunk contest. I know that doesn't really help uh, from a real-life perspective, but uh, at the very least, hey, you have the, you can say you have the dunk contest champion on your roster. Uh, I, I do want to ask you, what do you think the three- to five-year plan is for, let's say, the Renegades and going forward? I know you hired a GM, Christian Claremont. Maybe Christian will join us on the on the show, the podcast. In the not too distant future, but when you look ahead to the to what you want the team to accomplish, just because, like you said, a little thin on the roster side, but it, it is armed with I want to say what was it, ten or twelve draft picks. It was a, a decent amount of draft capital, so you can go pretty much anywhere you want, whether it's in the uh, entry auction later this summer or trading draft picks in the off season. I'm just curious if you and Christian have discussed maybe a an overarching plan for rebuilding the Renegades. Yeah, I mean, we did get some roster players, that's for sure. I mean, we're, we're pretty thin on that front. So, I mean, we're armed with uh, draft picks. Uh, I think we have five or six uh, this year and then five or six the next year. So uh, I'm sure we'll be looking to trade some of those uh, to get some good quality young talent on the team. Um, so, yeah, Christian Claremont, he's, uh, he'll be running the team. He's the GM, so he'll be the one pulling the trigger and all these big moves. But our plan is kind of to build it kind of from the ground up. So. Uh, we'll be acquiring good young talent, and uh, if it takes two to three years, and that's fine with us. So um, I think we'll be pretty active this off season, though. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think uh, the when the, we get into the free agency period, I want to say the league calendar in terms of when we get to the playoffs and so on. Regular season ends in you know beginning mid April. The the UFBA finals will probably take place. Over the next uh, couple of, you know, it'll probably take place in June, end of end of June, beginning of July, depending on you know COVID restrictions and so on. So once we get into those July August months, I expect there to be a lot of deals between franchises. So I'm sure the Renegades will be really really active in those discussions. And again, for all those UFBA owners out there, you can get in touch with uh, Stefan or you can get in touch with Christian, who is the GM of this team. Uh, real quick, before we get to the golf stuff. I do want to ask you: uh, Did you ever did you have a favorite basketball player? Like, was there ever a player who caught your eye more than others we had uh keshav on who is the commissioner of the league he was on last week and uh his favorite player was kobe of course you're right kobe Bryant is a popular pick is there a, is there a player who you always kind of tended to gravitate towards when you were younger yeah he's not a very popular pick but uh 
big country Reeves for the Vancouver Grizzlies. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's a, he's an oddball pick, but he was always my favorite player <laughs> growing up. So, um, you know, he wasn't around very long. He never really became a star, but uh, I kind of related to him for whatever reason, maybe because he was a big fat guy like me. So, um, <laughs> so that was uh, one of my, probably the best one growing up. Yeah, for him. The other one would probably be, uh, I mean, Michael Jordan's the best player of all time, so it's hard not to pass up on him. Or even Dennis Rodman, he's kind of a interesting character, so I always kind of gravitated towards towards him as well. But if I had to pick one, it'd be Big Country Reese for sure. I like that. You know what? That's a, that is definitely a pick that is a little off the board. I like that one. I if I had to pick a star for myself, I always used to go with Alan uh, Alan Iverson. Um, but apart from Iverson, uh, AI, I was always a big fan of Damon Stoudemire. And I think it's because when I was younger, you know, the Raptors, he was like the first quote unquote, the first draft pick that the Raptors ever made. And I, I want to, you know, it's funny, actually, a couple of days ago, I think it was on might have been on Monday or Tuesday, but uh, it, it was 23 years ago. The Raptors played their first ever game in their current arena. And it was actually against the Vancouver Grizzlies, which is kind of funny, right? So it's it's funny to think of the history of these two, those two franchises, despite the Grizzlies now being in Memphis, uh, that these two franchises share. But that's cool. I like the Reeves pick. My, I'll go with Stoudemire for mine. Um, I do want to, obviously, uh, apart from the Renegades and you being the new owner, you were also the head of sport for golf here on the UFF Sports Platform. You know, I'm curious, Stefan, one of the things I was, I was kind of thinking about out loud off the top of the show was when you look at a, fran- a, a fantasy sport like football, basketball, baseball, or hockey, they are by nature team sports, right? Golf is not necessarily a team sport. So I, I de- you definitely right. have to be creative when you create like a, you know, a, fr- a franchise, essentially. If I were to buy a franchise in golf, I'm, I'm just curious, like, how do you anticipate that working? I know, I know you haven't unveiled all of the plans for that, so you don't have to go into too much detail, but how, like, what was the thought process behind building out a franchise, quote-unquote, in golf? Yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into it because, like you said, it's uh, totally different than any, any other sport. Um, it's all the sports that we've launched so far have been team sports. So for this one, we're thinking of it'll be, obviously, you'll be buying a franchise and drafting golfers. Um, it won't be, I don't think it'll be head to head. I think it'll be a more of a point system. And then every week there'll be a weekly purse, um, kind of like in the real world. So every tournament will we'll get paid out a weekly uh, prize pool. Um, but there's a lot of cool ideas we have floating around. I think, uh, prize wise, we're going to do something cool with a customized green jacket and probably a matching NFT to go along with that as well. Um, so we have a lot of good things in the works. We're hoping the rule book is out in the next probably three to four weeks. Uh, we just want to get it out as soon as possible so we have time to advertise it and market it and, and show all potential owners uh, what we plan to do for the golf season. So uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, franchise auction starts June 9th, the 12th, and then from there on we'll start a full season uh, sometime in September alongside the PGA Tour schedule. So. Uh, a lot to look forward to, and we'll have a lot more details coming out uh, once the rulebook has been finalized. That's really exciting. That's really cool. I, I do like that. Like I said, you have to be creative when it comes to making a franchise for a sport that is not inherently a team sport, right? So I think that's really cool. Again, you heard Stefan there, the dates for the UFGA franchise auction in June. So not too far away, but enough time for people to make their plans. And I, I love the idea of the green jacket. We're in the process of making the uh, UFBA trophy for the UFBA finals, maybe we'll come up with a snazzy name for it, like the Larry OB, right? Maybe we'll come up with a similar name for 
uh, the trophy in the UFBA. But uh, it's it's interesting to have a more unique trophy in the golf side of things because you know they always hold up like those kind of really old timey looking trophies when they like win the the British Open or like the plates or whatever they are right. Uh, so yeah, it's exactly. it'd be cool to have the uh, the green jacket. I, I I love that idea. Um, hey, let me ask you this: Do you think Tiger Woods will ever win a major again? Is he going to win another major in our lifetime, Stefan? Oh, I don't know. I've done it once before, and I, I've been against him before, and I, I came out on the wrong end on that deal. So <laughs> I, I'll, 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 I'll probably say yes. I mean, it's probably a long shot, but uh, he's a hard guy to bet against, and uh, he's a good guy to root for. So I think he'll probably he'll probably do it one more time, and then I think he'll probably fade out into the sunset. So that's that's my guess. Yeah, I, I got to say, I, I remember I was when I was watching the Masters when he won um, the most recent time, right before the pandemic, and uh, that was really cool. That was a, I, I, I freely admit I'm not the most like I'm not the best, most invested person into the world of golf, but I will say Tiger Woods has always been that guy who and I'm sure it's the same for millions of people who moves the needle. So whenever Tiger is involved, hey, count me in for golf. So which is really cool. Um, hey, and Brooks Kepka. Uh, Brooks Kepka, the guys like Bryson DeChambeau and so on. I'm always interested in seeing what they do, especially especially maybe Bryson, because, you know, all those videos of him like crushing energy drinks and like protein shakes and then like <laughs> clubbing a ball like 500 yards. See, those guys, yeah. those are the personalities I dare say golf needs. And, you know, people like to crap on the Patrick Reeds of the world. But at the, you know, right. at the same time, I think golf could use some of those personalities. Yeah, I think golf needs uh, needs more of that because I think it's uh, a lot of younger people are getting involved in the game and it's becoming a bigger uh, sport to, you know, fantasy wise, esport wise, it's growing all the time. So I think they need more uh, people with more personality and I think it's slowly getting there, but um, they could use more people like that. DeChambeau, like you said, it's a great one. Uh, Brooksy's great. Um, yeah, if they could have like, Another 150 guys like that, I think, would be the most watched sport uh, going forward for the next five years. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's still, I think, we, you know, we talk a lot in the world of sports about like how you retain eyeballs on your product, right? Like how baseball is going to do it, how hockey can do it, and golf and tennis and a lot of these other sports are in the same boat. So, hey, more Bryson DeChambeau's, more Patrick Reed's, more Rory's, and so on. <laughs> I'm all for it. But again, yeah, UFGA franchise auction plans coming in june so that's really exciting and uh, i'm i will probably line up in the auction you can see you can count on seeing my name there uh stefan uh, but uh, again uh, stefan is the uh, current owner of the lost coast renegades and the head of sport for uff sports for golf stefan i appreciate you joining me today and hopefully we can do it again maybe as we get into the off season we can talk about your plans for the draft and we can have christian join us as well but i appreciate you joining us on ufba today awesome thank you Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Again, that is Stefan Hoffman from the golf side of things on UFF Sports. That's it for another episode of UFBA Today. As always, you can rate, review, subscribe, all those great things. It's always very much appreciated. You've been listening to and watching another edition of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. I'll talk to you next week.